So we have before us something that my dad, my dad when I was little, he used to say something that I always hated, but he was so right, and so now I'll say it. Um, he used to say when something would happen that would kind of grip everybody's attention, he would kind of stop the family, and he'd get us all around, and he would say, this is a teachable moment. And I'd be like, shut up. I don't want to hear about teachable moments. I'll go back to playing Nintendo, you know. And he says, this is a teachable moment. This is a moment where I can say something that will have a greater impact than if I said it at a different time. I can say something because this is a time you're listening. This is a time you are aware. And it's usually when I got myself in trouble or something had happened where my life was kind of shaken. And so this was time to learn. It was time to grasp something. It was time to start to think differently. And um, I think that's what we have before us right now. As I said earlier in the announcements, we were going to start a series tonight called Pure. And we pushed that off because we really feel to do that would be to miss a, a moment, a time, when we could learn something really, really powerful. And so I want to look at what we've all been through and what some of us are still going through and say, okay, what do we take from this? Like this is a moment we could learn something that could change us and maybe even change other people's lives. So, so what do we take from this? Well, here's what I think we take. I, I think we find an amazing answer to a really hard question. You see, here at the church, we're always asking this question. We ask it all the time as a staff. We ask it a lot with our volunteers, and it's this question. How can we serve and reach the people of Long Island? How can we reach the people around us? Because right now... Uh, they're living a little differently than they were last week, right? And so last week, literally Wednesday, before this hurricane hit, me and the community group leaders are sitting at Panera Bread, and we're talking about all the things that are going good in community groups and the things we're frustrated about. And one of the things we were frustrated about is we haven't really found a great way to serve people. And that was a big desire of ours going into the community group, uh, kind of the the reboot that we had this year. And we were really frustrated because we felt like we were banging our heads against the walls like, we, we want to share God's love in ways that is practical. And we, our church is in this concert. And we have just rich people everywhere. And these people think that they have everything that they need, you know. And we've tried all kinds of things. We literally, when I first came to the church, we had a soup kitchen. And people would be showing up in BMWs getting, you know, getting groceries. And we're like, we're done with that, okay. And so we've been literally banging our heads against the wall going, we want to serve these people. We want to show them they don't have everything that there's something greater, that God loves them, that they need a savior, that they need rescuing from their sin, that, that, that one came to do this for them. How do we do this practically? How do, how, how, what's, the, what's the strategy? What do we do? And so we've tried all kinds of stuff. I, when I first came, I literally walked around neighborhoods knocking on doors, handing out you know, invitations and flyers. And we did Easter baskets one year. And we gave out all kinds of Easter baskets and candy to the kids and stuff like that. And the parents were afraid to give it to them because there's this creepy bald guy, you know what I mean? And, you know, just like all kinds of stuff. And so it's just so difficult. But, man, it's our heart to serve. It's our heart to show them in a tangible, real way that God loves them and that we love them and that we want to impact them. And so the question that we've asked, I think, for so long, we're in that teachable moment now. And I think maybe we're finding ourselves with a little bit of an answer. And I think it's the same thing that Jesus did. The same thing we're talking about doing is the same thing that Jesus did. The same way we want to reach people is the same way Jesus reached people. And so we're going to look at a few verses tonight. This really isn't a message. This is really um, more, I want to inspire you tonight just to embrace a teachable moment and live it. Okay? And so if you want a message, you can come back next week. Tonight, I just really want to get our, our hands around this, and I want us to act. Okay? I want us to live. 
the way that God's calling us to live at this time. And so we're going to look at these verses in a minute. You might not be a Christian, and you're here going, man, these people are talking about showing God's love. They're talking about getting this message out about Jesus. I don't understand why they're doing that or why they're even talking about that tonight. Maybe you feel awkward because you're not a follower of Jesus. You just feel like the next few minutes is going to be a waste of your night. Well, the reason we're talking about it is because God's really done some amazing things in our lives, some very real things. What Jesus did on the cross has come alive in our hearts. And we want to share that with others. We're not trying to do it because if we do it, God will like us more. We're trying to do it because God has done so much in us and has loved us so well that we want to then carry that love to others. And so I hope tonight, while I talk to the Christians in the seats around you a little bit, you might sit and think, wow, I I'd never realized that God came and loved me so I could then be changed and love others. And that's, that's what we're talking about here tonight. And so I hope... That makes sense to you a little bit here tonight. But we're going to see Jesus' strategy, and I think then we're going to talk about what's happened in the last week and then how to live it out from here on out. So Jesus is at this wedding, right? And as he's at this wedding, um, something happens. They, they, run out of, they run out of wine. And so in verse 3, it says, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. And verse 4 says, Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, which that's how I answer my wife when she asks me to do stuff, you know? But laying in bed at night, she's like, I think I left the burner on. I go, woman, why do you involve me? You know? I'm just kidding. That's, I'd be dead. Um, he says, my hour has not yet come. And then you got to love Jesus' mother because she's a great mom. She just totally ignores her son and what he says and just pushes him into it anyway. She says, um, do whatever he tells you. She grabs these servants, right? Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each, from, uh, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had turned to wine. He didn't realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And look at the last response here. And his disciples believed in him. What do we see Jesus do? This is what Jesus did. This is how he reached people. What Jesus did was he saw a need and then he met it. Now he met it in a miraculous way. Right? You might be sitting there going, I can't turn water into wine. Like, that's kind of crazy. But Jesus, all he did was, is he saw a need, and then he met it. And you know what? If you go home, and you open your Bible, and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tonight, you will see that's what Jesus did over and over and over and over again. That's what he was all about. That's how he reached people. Matthew 14 says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. You see, Jesus had just been with all these people. And he's trying to get away. I know it sounds wrong like, like Jesus would do that. But he was trying to get away from it all for a little while. And so he gets in this boat and he tries to get away. And he sees all these people and they're all sick. And he comes to the edge and, and all the disciples are like, I'm sure they're going, oh, no, no, go, to the other, go to the other shore. You know, let's get away from them. And he just has compassion on them. What does he do? He sees a need and he meets it. He, he comes out and he begins to heal all their diseases. And you might be sitting here going, but Doug, you're talking about Jesus, right? I mean, if you're going to bring this down to my level and you're going to apply this to my life, I just want you to know, Doug, that you're talking about Jesus, the one who can turn water into wine. I can't do that. You're talking about Jesus who can walk onto a beach and just pick every little person out he wants to heal and heal them perfectly in that moment, in that instant. And maybe you feel unqualified to do that. Maybe that hasn't been your experience. 
God heals. He does these things. But, but you're kind of freaking out like, Doug, I hope you don't try to imply this to me because I'm just me. I can't do those miraculous things. Okay, well, I would disagree. I would say that God would want to use you to do some miraculous things, but, but maybe it's even simpler than that. You see, Jesus, again, all he did was he just saw a need and then he met it. And then it goes on a little further in verse 15. It says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now just pause here for a second, right after verse 15. You see, here's, here's a problem, I think, with the church. And I'm not just talking about our church. I think the big problem, or one of the big problems with the church, maybe you're non-Christian, you're like, oh, cool, he's talking about what the problems with the church are. Sweet, I do like this guy. Um, I think one of the big problems with the church is this, that we're a lot like them. We see a, we see a need, and we don't meet it. We see a need, and we, we try to figure out where they can go so they can get that need met. But we don't really want to meet it because that would cost us something. And so we kind of try to send him away like the disciples did. You know, I, I, feel, I, I don't know this scripturally, but I'm, I'm sure Peter was involved in that, right? Like right at the front, you know? Jesus, send him off, right? And so I think that's so often us. But then Jesus replies, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. All the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 5,000 men besides women and children. So again, you're going, Doug, please don't bring this back to me. I can't multiply food, you know? I'm going to go to Ciro's Pizza, the best shop in the world, and get a pie and then feed 12,000 people, right? Okay, this is, this is me, Doug. But could it be... That yes, while everything Jesus did that I just read was miraculous, right? He turns water into wine. He heals all these people, which I believe God wants to use you to do. But he heals all these people. And then he does something else we can't imagine doing, multiplying food. While all that's miraculous, and, and maybe some of us are thinking, that's why the disciples believed. It wasn't just because he saw a need and then he met it. It wasn't just because they saw him do all these you know, nice things. It's because they saw him do miracles. That's why they believed in him. Could it work, could it work for us? Could it work for us? I mean, is tonight all about doing miracles? Or, or is there even something simpler than that? You see, Jesus' constant strategy was see a need and meet it. Could it be that the same strategy applies to you and I today? That if we would just see a need and then meet it in Jesus' name, not just because we're nice people and we want people to like us, but if we would meet that need in a way that would point them to God, that they could actually end up believing? Well, let's let Jesus answer that question. Because some of you are objecting right now. You're thinking it would take miracles. It would take water into wine. It would take healing. It would take all kinds of stuff. Well, look what Jesus says. Let your light, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's just think about that verse for a second. Let your light shine before others. So, he kind of defines what that means in the next part. He says, basically, your light shining before others is doing good deeds. And when you do these good deeds, what's going to happen? These people are going to glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, they're going to go from being people who don't like God and don't want to know God to people who now love God and praise God and see him for all that he is. And I want you to see what it says there. It doesn't say 
that they may see your good miracles, that they may see you turn water into wine, that they may see you heal the sick, that they may see you multiply the food out. No, it says that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, does God want to use miracles and healings? And yes, 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 yes. I'm not saying that. You're missing the point if you get hung up on that. What I'm saying is that for you and I, the answer to reach people with the love of God is to see a need and meet it in a way that points them to God. That's what Jesus' whole life was about. Again, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John tonight. You'll read it and you'll see people served by Jesus who saw the love of God, who were taken back by the love of God. So we bring this all back to our teachable moment, okay? And here we are in 2012, and some of us have had a crazy week, and some of us are in the middle of a crazy week, and Lee is at the beginning of a rebuilding you know, phase in her life and, and for her family. But you know what? Here we are at a time, and I just need you to hear me. The people around us, if we will see the need and meet it, are listening. They weren't listening last week. I stood on this stage and preached a message, and you know what? As far as I knew, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday weren't going to lead to any opportunities for people to open up their hearts to God in a way that they hadn't already. Right now, we have a very unique window of opportunity because the people in the houses all around this neighborhood who have their big, nice houses and their nice cars and their great houses with their family and everything's perfect. They got their 2.5 kids and everything's just great. You know what? In the last week, all that's been challenged. And you know, the further south and west you go, the more it's been challenged. And so we have an amazing opportunity right now to follow Jesus' approach because Jesus' strategy for reaching people was to see a need and then meet it. And so I wake up on Tuesday and I walk outside in my house, by God's grace, although I still don't have electricity, which is kind of funny. Uh, it's not really funny at all. But, um, <laughs> but my house, you know, was, was really fine. But across the way, I got a neighbor's tree was down and falling on his fence. And so he's out there and he's got his son out there. And they just have these little hand tools and they're kind of hacking at this tree. And so I go over, I'm like, Mark, can I help you out, man? And he's just, you know, oh, no, no, I got my son, my son out here, we'll do it. I'm like, all right, you know, and I went inside, and I was like, no, man, this is an opportunity. Like, like I, this guy knows I'm a Christian. In fact, the week before, I went up to him, and I said, Mark, I know I've invited you to church and stuff in the past, but I just want to let you know again that if you ever need anything, I'm here, and I, I would love to be praying for you. I'd love to help you in any way I possibly can. That's literally a week ago. I actually just remember that right now. And so I walk out there and I just, without even saying anything to him, I just start dragging, you know, the pine tree across the lawn with him and his son. And eventually another neighbor comes out and the four of us are sitting there talking. And now I'm spending an hour with my neighbors who the guy, Mark, who owns the house is nice. And, and the guy across the street is really nice. But the son, like, he won't, has never looked at me before. You know, he's like probably in his 20s, just wouldn't even make eye contact with me. Here we are now, man. We're working side by side. And you know what? As I'm out there, we have now an opportunity to build a relationship. We have an opportunity to meet a need. And so as I'm walking across the lawn on Tuesday, and I'm wondering what's going on, I'm thinking, I don't know if the church is going to have electricity, so I'm, I'm guessing we're probably not going to be here right now. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my week? Like, it just hits me, like, this is what you're going to do with your week. What you're doing right now, dragging stuff across people's lawns, 
this is what you're going to do with your week. And so I instantly start texting people and getting on Twitter and Facebook and saying, meet at the church at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to go out and we're going to try and get in some trouble, man. We're going to try and find some trouble out there in the community and see who we can serve because there are needs all over the place. So people start writing me back. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. And so we get to the church on Wednesday and there's about 20 people here. And so I go off and I start looking for work. I still don't know what we're going to do, but, you know, I got my chainsaw, so we'll be good. So we, we go off. And so I go up to the first, you know, the first guy that would answer the door. And, and, I, and uh, he comes out and he's got a giant's hat on. And I forgave him and, and kept talking to him. And uh, so I said, hey, man, I said, we got a crew of people just sitting at the church. We would love to serve you. We, we see this huge tree. In fact, you'll see the tree up on the screen now. This is the first tree. And uh, this thing just got uprooted. It was actually out across Lake Avenue. I mean, this is literally, I could throw, I got a good arm. I could throw a baseball and hit this guy's <laughs> giant's hat. Um, and so right over here. And so I walk up and, and, and he says, he's, yeah, I mean, he says it's a huge tree, you know. But yeah, I mean, if you're willing to go for it, that would be awesome. He goes, you know, where are you from? I said, we're from the church right here. He goes, I drive by that church every single week and I always want to come. He goes, I'm going to come, you know. I'm like, we didn't do anything yet, but, you know, that, that's nice. I should have just said, we'll see you Sunday and left the tree, you know. But um, so we get, we get our crew over there, man, and we just go to town on this tree. And we're working on this thing for a few hours. It was really big, okay. And uh, we only had a few chainsaws, so everybody else in the group went down a, a little while and they, they found an elderly woman who they just felt led to go and rake her leaves. She was outside with them and they're raking the leaves and we're over here just cutting this thing up all manly like. And, 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 and so we get back to the church a little bit later, come to find out that um, we were all able to invite all of our, you know, all the people of the church that we were able to serve. And we, we gave a connection, you know, collision cards and we told him about Sunday, this guy, Neil, this is Neil's house that we're, you're looking at right there. Um, he has kids for the green room age. We're telling him about the green room. Can I just ask you a question? If I had just gone up there last Wednesday before Sandy hit and I had said, hey, I just want to let you know about this church around the corner, this and that, green room, you think this guy would have listened to me for a second? No. But we just met a need and now we have earned the right to be heard. And so we're talking and he's thankful and he comes out grateful. And now he knows and, and who knows, but maybe Neil will be here real soon, man. Maybe one of the, in fact, one of our prayers the other day was that soon a baptism video that we, like we've been doing lately would be, man, I was out, my power was down, my trees were down, and, and, and people from this church came, and they started to just share the love of God with me and just by serving me. What, what an awesome, if that happens, we're just going to freak out. I'm just telling you right now, right? Everyone's jumping up, standing ovation, okay? Because that would be so, so awesome. And so I find out that the old elderly woman that the, uh, the rest of the team was with, um, when they finished up, she's literally like crying. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't believe you guys did this. I mean, just so appreciative of what had happened. We came back for lunch here and uh, we got zeros. We got one pie and we multiplied it out. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we came back here and um, we actually helped our neighbor because the guy who lives right here, who I think that was a cool opportunity because every Friday night we got, you know, 70 kids running around the parking lot at the green room. Every Sunday night we have all of you here parking out down the street. Sometimes you turn the corner down there. And I think it's so cool because he knows who we are. He knows what we're all about. And um, as we're sitting here Friday night, this past Friday night at the green room, one of the kids in the youth group is texting the girl who lives in that house because they go to school together. And they're, I mean, he goes, yeah, the one whose tree fell down. And, and so here's this awesome connection, this awesome opportunity. Now we've served them. And we saw a need and we met it. And we were able to just get all those pine trees cut up and they're actually still sitting out there by the road. If anyone needs a Christmas branch or something, um, <laughs> they're out there. Um, and so then after lunch, we went back out and um, we went 
to the first house I could find, and I basically it's the, I don't know the name of it, but it's the one between Lake and Southern. It joins Lake and Southern right back here. I mean, we we literally weren't less than a quarter of a mile from here. I don't think at, at any point in the last few days. And so we went over there, and the first guy, uh, there was no answer. But here's the tree across his yard. He wasn't able to get this car out, and uh, so I knocked on the door, walked across the street, and the neighbor said, "Oh yeah, he's he's been in the nursing home for a while, and I take care of his house." And so I don't know that the guy whose house we helped will ever know, but the neighbor knew, and the neighbor was so appreciative, and we got to invite him to church. And uh, so then after that, um, we had our team, and we, we just, again, we didn't really know what we were doing, so we just kept walking down the road. And so I walked down the road, and then here's Steve and I, and um, we are walking down the road with our chainsaws running, and then we look at each other and start laughing because we realize it's Halloween. And there were literally like little girls in princess costumes running by looking at the scary bald man with a running chainsaw and a six seven like wrestler over here. Like, so awesome. So we, we kept them running and no, I'm kidding, we didn't chase anybody. But um But at that point we, we, we turned this corner, we literally turned this corner, and here is this tree. And this was down. Um, if you look at the next picture, it had actually come from across the street. That's the, that's the stump of it. It got blown across and over, and it was basically taking up this guy's entire front yard. And so literally the guy who owned the house and the guy who, um, whose tree it was, whose tree ran away, uh, were standing on the yard, and they were like so stressed out. Like the one guy had a chainsaw in his hand, and the other guy was just standing there, and they just looked so overwhelmed. And so I just said, hey, man, we, we'd love to help out if you're open for that. And he said, yeah, yeah okay, sure. And, and like my 20 woods people come out with, you know, they got their saws and their, you know, loppers. Like, oh, my gosh, this is the strangest Halloween of my life, you know. And uh, so we, when we went to work on that. And while we worked on that, some people kind of branched out. No pun intended. Oh, it was bad. Um, and, and they went to some other, some other homes. And it was so cool, though. By the, by the end of this, by the end of this, the entire neighborhood was out. Like there were like four or five families gathered around and they were looking, they were literally videoing us. We're like, this is awkward. They're videoing us. They're taking pictures because they just couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe people cared. They couldn't believe that people, especially young people, they kept saying, you know, because we all look so young. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they couldn't believe that we were there doing what we were doing. And so there's the finished product on that house. Um, and they were like literally there. I left my trunk open. We had all the chainsaws and stuff in there. And so they're throwing candy in my trunk. They're throwing water bottles. And like, but all, it was so cool too because all these families had like college students or like teenagers. And, and it was just so neat. Like they literally, they, they came out. They started pulling stuff along with us. And so we're working right there with these neighbors. They're asking what church we're from. And I mean, just such an amazing opportunity. And again, if I had gone over there last Wednesday, you know, before all this happened, it said, hey, you know, we'd love to invite you guys to church. They probably would have maybe graciously taken a car or maybe just closed the door on my face, you know. But again, because we saw a need and we met it, we earned the right to be heard. And so the next day we came back and we were on the same block. Um, we helped an elderly woman, another elderly woman, help just clean up her house and cut up some trees and move those for her. This is Thursday now. Um, we helped a family in a court. Uh, just again, back over here, some beautiful houses, just help them move some stuff around back in there. Um, we were on the same, tr- on the same street, and um, that's, that's actually the first house we did on Thursday, and um, that was really actually a huge job, and actually I scammed Jackie's pictures off Facebook. I hope she's not mad at me, but here's the before and after shot from that day, 
And so the ball guy on top is before and after is without the ball guy. Um, but just awesome opportunities, awesome opportunities. Um, the, one of my favorites, I don't even think most of the people that were there know this, but on Thursday, um, after this one, I went up and I knocked on somebody's house and there was a sign on the door that said, Welcome home, Rudy. And I was like, I'm not Rudy, so I don't know. And I just kept knocking. And, and eventually, um, a guy came to the door and he had um, tape and like basically like a big cotton swab on his arm, the kind you have like when you're in the hospital and you have an IV. And so best understanding is that this old guy just came home from the hospital. He's got the sign still on the door and he answers the, he answers the door and he comes out. He's like, yeah, I just got here and I see he had like probably like five or six pine trees down. And so we, again, we just got to those things in an hour or so, cut those things up, put them down by the side of the road. Um, and, uh, we came back after a long day's work and again, just having so many opportunities to, to just honor God and, and point people to Jesus. So Friday came and we were just sitting in the office and, uh, you know, I looked at Andrew and, and we were just kind of both like staring off into space, you know, I could tell. And, uh, and, and I was just kind of like, what are you thinking about? He's like, he's like, I'm just thinking about like helping people, you know? And I was like, I was like, I can't sit here and do this right now. And so we, we jumped in the car and we texted a bunch of people and we got a, a smaller crew that day, but we went back out again on Friday for a few hours and um, we just continued to try to serve people. We went to pastor's house for a little while and then uh, we went over to a lady's house. We found out she had just gotten back from Florida an hour earlier. So she just flew home to all this and there's this big tree down. And so we cut that up for her. And then uh, we got to this house and this was, this was an interesting one. Uh, this guy was like the most paranoid human ever, um, but he let us do most of it. He didn't let us do that top piece because he thought we were going to like send it sailing through his house. But we cut most of that tree up, got to serve him, got to just, um, you know, again, tell him that it, it wasn't us. Like, like we said to him, look, we wanted you to know God loves you. We wanted you to know that you could be encouraged in this. He, he couldn't get, him and his wife couldn't really get through the front door of the house because the tree basically reached the house. Like it just stopped short of the house. And so we're able to help out with that. Um, there were several people that we gave out cards to and were able to tell what we were doing that like we're waiting for insurance people to come and, or, or they're like power lines down or whatever. And some, some people that just said no because they didn't believe me. This one lady is like, nothing's free. I was like, okay. You know, I'm like, all right. You know, thanks for you. But um, it was just awesome, man. It was so awesome just to see all that God did. And it just was so clear that just none of that would have happened. None of this would have happened. We wouldn't have had anybody's attention if we hadn't seen the need and met the need. And uh, Pastor found this note in the mailbox this week. It says, to the parents and adults in the lives of the teenagers who helped after the storm. Again, we only, we, I think we only had two teenagers with us, but it's that young look I, I portray. Um, <laughs> she said, may I thank you. What a great group. Their kindness, not just to strangers in need, but to each other, was so moving. Now that was huge to me. Like, because to me, it was obvious. We were there to serve the community. We were there to go out and like be kind and do what we could to help these people. But what I didn't ever think of, like it's not like we sat down before and said, all right, guys, let's be really, really nice to each other so that people can see the love of God, how we treat each other. Never dawned on me. It just was so cool to me because that's just what happened. It's just what was going on by God's grace. We were out there and I guess these people weren't used to young people, young adults, college students, young singles being kind and considerate and caring. And, and so that, I thought that was really cool. She said, they're, they're kind, oh, what a great group. Their kindness, not just to, oh, I read that. Um, their sense of spirit, their smiles, be proud of them. May God bless them and you always. Thank you again, Debbie. So 
I don't know who Debbie is. I don't know if she was like one of the people we actually served or she was a neighbor or what. But I just know that God used us in a unique way this time because it's a unique time. It's a unique time. It's a time that we have to be able to use these giftings to get into the community right now and show the love of God to people in a very real way. And you know what? There are people hurting all over Long Island and their money is not going to help them right now. Right? All the, all the money and all the stuff that money can buy and all the comfort, it's just not going to do it right now because what they need are people. What they need are people to come and to serve and to say, we are here to help and we will give our, of our time and we will give of our energy and we will do what needs to be done to help you get back on your feet. And so I think we have this tremendous opportunity as the church right now. When we were in Prattsville in June, that, that was the town that really got destroyed because of the hurricane last year. I believe that was Irene. When we were up there, we were told that 99% of the work that was done in that town was done by Christians. So like 1% was FEMA and all the other stuff. And 99% was Christians literally from all over the world that came to this little town in New York, upstate New York, to, to show who God was. When we were in New Orleans a few years ago after Katrina, it was a, st- a similar statistic. I don't want to misquote it, but it was similar. It was very, very lopsided that, you know, a, a huge percent of what had been done after Katrina was done by the church, was done by followers of Jesus. And guys, that's what it's supposed to be. And so what I want to say to you in this teachable moment for now is that in the coming weeks, we have a tremendous opportunity to be used by God. Now, I think this should be a mindset that goes way beyond the coming weeks and months. This should be in all of us. And maybe you're here tonight, you're like, Doug, um, I'm sorry I missed last week, or maybe I was there last week, but this week I'm back at school or I'm back at work and I just don't have flexibility. I understand that, but you still have needs all around you. If you never pick up another chainsaw or you never pick up a, a, you know, a handsaw or a, a leaf raker, whatever that is, a rake, <laughs> I'm sorry. You ever pick up a, a leaf raker? Because you rake lots of things. Um, yeah, I had to define what kind of rake we're talking about here. Uh, but if you never do that, you still have needs everywhere around you. And if you will just look at those needs and you will see those needs and you will meet them, not everybody, but some will believe. Some will, will ask why. We got a lot of whys last week. We got a lot of questions last week. And we were able to just say, man, because God's done so much in our lives, we just got to share it. We just want to show people the love of God. We're not here to tell you you're bad or judge you or say this, you're not living this way, you're not living that way. We're here to just show you God loves you. Where, however you're living and wherever you're living, whatever's going on in your life, we just want you to know that there's an answer and there's a hope. And that's the opportunity we have all the time. But right now, guys, I'm, I'm just telling you, man, I've been at this church for 11 years. I've been trying to figure out a way to get out and serve these people for 11 years. I'm telling you, this is a very special time. And so what I would just plead with you to do and think about is jump in on this. I actually heard the other day that St. James is one of the worst hit towns of our specific area. If you live in St. James, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend you, but apparently it's just, it's, it's a mess over there. And Right now, we've gone like a quarter mile from the church and basically a, a semicircle between Southern and Lake. 
And so what we're going to do is on Tuesday, we're going to gather here at 11. I realize it doesn't work for everybody. I figure Tuesday might be good because it is election day. You can vote either early or late. Polls are open 6 to 9. Please do go vote if you're of age. And then come here at 11. Or even if you have to come later. Several people said I can't make it until 12 or 1. That's fine. But let's get together and let's go serve people. This is a very unique time. This will not last forever. My hope and prayer is that in the coming months, we can partner with what's happened south and west and maybe even over into Jersey. And we can get into sheetrock and we can get into demo and reconstruction and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how that's going to look or what that's going to look like. But my hope is, guys, that right now, as we have a very, very short window, especially in this area, because it is getting cleaned up pretty quickly, it got harder and harder to find work as Friday came. Um, We have a short window. Let's just get out there and do it. Maybe we'll do something next week, and I'm not sure yet, but I know Tuesday. And so if you could give a part of your day Tuesday, I realize a lot of you guys didn't work last week or you missed school, so I get it. It It's not a guilt thing. This is simply if you have the time on Tuesday, let's do it. If you don't, then see a need and meet it. And let that be a lifestyle. I'll tell you, I think one of the things that has helped me in my neighborhood is that for me, by God's grace, I'm not trying to brag at all because I'm a mess (laughs) apart from the grace of Jesus. But that over the last 12 years as we've lived in that neighborhood, I have been able to consistently serve my neighbors. Consistently. You know? It's snowing out. Cool, man. I got my snowblower out. We're going, we're going to hit each, each one of them, you know? Um, it's, you know, my neighbor's in the hospital suite. I'm going to mow his lawn. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, there are needs all around us. It's just simply seeing them and meeting them. And we can do that together, but we certainly can do that apart as well. And it should all be done in a way that's going to point people to Jesus. And so Jesus' strategy is our strategy. See a need and meet it. See a need and meet it. Be ready. It, it, it's, it's hard sometimes. But I'll tell you what, I've been having an absolute blast this week. Like we literally, Andrew and I were sitting in the office on Friday like, our job stinks. You know what I mean? It was just like, what are we doing here? Like I don't want to write a message, you know? Like we just, we've been having so much fun out there serving people. You know, and so I would just encourage you guys to to think about two things as we just close. First thing is, what needs are you aware of? What needs are you aware of? Just think. I mean, some of you guys are students who will be back in school. This just isn't even on your radar. You just can't do anything about it. Okay. In your school, what needs are you aware of? In your home, what needs are you aware of? Some of you guys are businessmen. You'll be back to work tomorrow. No way you can come Tuesday. What needs are you aware of in your office? What needs are you aware of in your neighborhood you can hit after you get home from the office? And the second part of that is, how can you meet that need in a way that points people to Jesus? So that it doesn't come down to you just being a nice guy. But how can you meet it in a way that says, look, I'm not doing this just because I'm nice or because I want to help people, but I'm doing this because something's been done for me and I want you to know about that too. And so maybe it's just doing it and leaving a collision card or if you don't come to this church normally, leaving a an invitation to your church or whatever, but just seeing that need and meeting it. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so you and I are to be like him. And we have a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. So let me be a coach for a minute and say, let's do this now. Let's do this. We've already done it. I mean, 20 people Wednesday, 15 people Thursday, six people Friday, however many people Tuesday. Let's do this. Let's see those needs and meet them. So if you're aware of needs, 
would you let me know so we can try to get on top of those needs? And let's try and help and serve as many people as we can in this time. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for this opportunity and we thank you, God, that you have given us a chance to love those around us, God, in a real way, in a way that hurts, man. And it's hard and it it costs money to get gas and it costs money to buy chainsaws and, you know, it costs time and, you know, out there in the cold. And and yet, God, there's such a joy in doing it. And and there's such a, a reward, God, in just seeing the looks on people's faces and, and wondering why people would give up their days to do this. And I thank you, God, that we get to point them to you. And I pray it'll work, God. I pray that it won't point people to us. I pray it won't point people to Living Word Church or Collision or the Green Room, God, but that ultimately the people that we serve, have served, will serve, will be pointed to you, God. And the, the, the true love of Jesus would be displayed. Talk is so cheap. People are so sick of hearing about God. But Lord, let them see it now. And so help us, Lord. We just need you, God. And so if you're a Christian, would you answer those two questions? What, what needs do you know of? And how can you meet those needs in a way that will point people to God? And if you're not a Christian, I haven't talked to you a whole lot tonight. And usually I, I talk to you a lot more if you're not a follower of Jesus in my messages. But tonight, you've heard that a God loves you. You've heard that a Savior named Jesus came for you. That sets him apart from all religion. No one else came for you, just Jesus. Everyone else tells you, do this, you'll get where you want to go. Jesus says, I came for you. I came to do what you couldn't do so that you could know me, so that you could have sins forgiven, so that you could know satisfaction and love and life and that you could spend eternity with me. That's what Jesus says, different from every religion in the world. And so if you want to begin a relationship with this God and you want to know Jesus and you want to be filled with the love of God that will then overflow into others' lives, then I would just encourage you to begin a conversation with God tonight. The fancy word for this is prayer, but it's just talking to God. And so you can just say something like this in your heart. Jesus, I I need you. Be my savior. Thank you that you died for me. And that as crazy as it may sound to, to say this right now, thank you that you rose again. And that you defeated death and sin. And that you did that for me. And that I'm forgiven now. And I pray that you would make your love so real to me. And that then it would overflow into the lives of those around me. In your name I pray. Amen.